you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Good morning. Happy Feast Day of the Epiphany. St. Augustine said, If his birth as an infant makes proud kings tremble, what will his tribunal as judge do? Let princes fear him sitting at the right hand of his father, whom the impious king feared while he hanged yet on his mother's breast. Close quote. St. Augustine, pray for us. going to be a great show today. Praise be to God. Hopefully you'll have an opportunity to get to Holy Mass if you've not done so already. Uh, but uh, we're going to not only talk about the feast day of Saint, or of Epiphany, rather, uh, but also it's the one-year anniversary since the January 6th. Is it an insurrection? Is it a riot? Is it a rally? Is it a terrorist attack, as Senator Ted Cruz would say? Um, that's a good question. We're going to have that conversation. Plus, we're going to talk about the midterms coming up and a lot of issues that are very important to, to Americans right now and that are seemingly... We hear it every single election cycle. It's the most important election in our lifetime. That's uh, overplayed, in my opinion. But we're going to have a conversation with Josh Mercer from CatholicVote.org about all of these issues. In addition to that, coming up at 15 past the hour, I'm going to share with you the conversation that I had with the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, on January 6th last year while he was in Washington, D.C. for the Trump rally. Not what happened on the Capitol Hill, but up for the Trump rally. I'm going to share that phone call with you coming up at 15 past the hour in this hour. So a lot to get to. It's going to be a great show. Hopefully you can tune in for all or part of it. But to do us a favor and share us with a friend. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Hey, good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Where were you on January 6th a year ago? Uh, I can't say. You, you don't want to tell me? I can't or tell you. You just don't remember. I, I, it might implicate me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. I'm you, joking. Yeah, <laughs> well, our, I think reliving the phone call with Kim Paxton is going to be very interesting because, uh, you know, we had that call when he was standing there waiting for Trump to come out and the energy and, and the expectation of the day. And so uh, I think it'll be very a very interesting conversation to play again. So, again, we're going to do that coming up at 15 past the hour. But speaking of uh, insurrections, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. In spite of it all? No, because today is the epiphany. Yeah. It's a great day to be alive. Spinning positive. I, I see am, where you're going I with I am this. all excited. You know, it's one of my. It's one of the best days. All right. Do you, my family do you, do you gonna, have a preference do, of, of the three kings? Which is your favorite? No, I don't. No, I don't play favorites. Come on, man. They were, they, were, they were all bishops and they were all martyrs. Come so on, man. I, I don't play favorites with the, uh, with the three kings. <sighs> They're all amazing. Rudy Love plays favorites. Rudy, what's your favorite uh, of the three kings? Nah, I'm not going to play that game. Come Joe. on. I'm not going to play that game. Who's your favorite, Joe? <laughs> yeah. The, the guy giving us. out gold. That's <laughs> the guy giving out gold, he said. It's Maybe funny. The guy because uh, the Saint, uh, the Saint Venerable, or not Saint, Venerable Mary of Agreda, she talks about how the Holy Family was poor because whenever the three kings gave them all these gifts, because they probably gave, they gave them more, more than just the three gifts, but the they gave it all away. As they were heading off, they were leaving, fleeing to Egypt. Yeah. They were like, eh, we don't need this. And they gave it away to everybody. <laughs> and so the Holy Family was always very poor, even though they constantly had things that they needed. They gave it all away. Yeah, praise be to God. All right. Uh, great show, as I said, lined up. Josh Mercer, CatholicVote.org is going to be our guest coming up at 35 past this hour. 
And then at 15 past, we will have some What's Concerning Us stories. But I'm going to share with you the phone call that I had with uh, Ken Paxton, Attorney General of Texas, last year while he was at the rally there in Washington, D.C., a year ago today. So that's coming up. And then we'll have uh, breaking news and stories here in just one moment. Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and so much more in this jam-packed hour of Catholic Drive Time. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. If you would like to comment on the program, you know, we are live streaming this show right now, and we watch the comments on all the platforms. You can find them all linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And unless I should forget, we're also trying to give somebody a brand new Mercedes. All of those details are on our website as well. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive into your headline news for today. The Blaze Report's Congressional Progressive Caucus backs legislation that would pack the Supreme Court by adding four more justices. Progressive lawmakers are pushing the pack are pushing to pack the U.S. Supreme Court by adding four more justices to the bench. Membership of the Congressional Progressive Caucus has voted in favor of backing the Judiciary Act of 2021, which would raise the number of justices from 9 to 13. The quantity of seats on the court has been fixed at 9 for more than 150 years. And according to Congressional Progressive Caucus Chair Representative Pramila Jayapal from Washington, she says, quote, the current bench was filled by partisan, bipartisan right-wing effort to entrench a radical anti-democratic faction and erode human rights that have been won over decades. In recent years, this court has gutted the Voting Rights Act and public sector unions entrenched unconstitutional abortion bans and failed to overturn the blatantly discriminatory Muslim ban. As a co-equal governing body, Congress cannot sit by while this attack on the Constitution continues unchecked, I am proud that our caucus is joining the fight to expand the court and restore balance to the bench, she said in a statement. And of course they want to pack the court so they can keep pushing the goal lines even further. And LifeSite reports a three-year-old girl dies of heart attack one day after taking COVID vaccine. Catholic Vote reports Pope, Pope Francis criticizes those who have pets instead of children. Pope Francis on Wednesday lamented that many couples now refrain from having children and opt instead to have pets, calling the refusal to be open to life a kind of selfishness. He says, quote, The other day I was talking about the demographic winter that we have today. Many couples do not have children because they don't want to, or they just have one. But they have two dogs, or two cats, the Pope said, according to the Catholic News Agency. Francis also prayed for the intercession of St. Joseph to heal the selfishness of those who close themselves off from life. The Pope's comments come amid increasingly urgent efforts by world leaders to hedge against declining birth rates. As Catholic Vote reported at the end of 2021, the United States Census Bureau announced that America had just had its lowest annual birth rate in the history of the nation. Some countries, including Hungary, are tackling the issue head-on, implementing policies designed to make it easier for citizens to form families and have children. And Breitbart reports prominent Jesuit priest says good Catholics can be pro-choice, 
Hmm, and the Millstone Award goes to... And The Hill reports, Sweden creates Swedish Psychological Defense Agency to combat disinformation. Kind of a weird story here. Ahead of the country's September 11th general election, the agency was created on January 1st to fight against the disinformation and undue election influence, the AP reported. The agency did not name any other countries or, or, or other entities it believed would interfere in its upcoming election, although <clears throat> the country's domestic intelligence agency said that after the 2018 election, that an undisclosed foreign power exerts influence on Sweden in the long term, according to the AP. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is a German saint, Saint Erminold. As a child, Saint Erminold was a native of the German region of Swabia. He was sent to the monastery of Hirschau to be educated there. He subsequently became a monk and in 1117 was appointed abbot of the monastery of Prufing. A great friend of the poor, Erminold, emptied all, all the storehouses of his monastery to feed the needy during a famine. When at length, and when at length nothing was left to feed his monks, Erminold begged God to intervene and invoke the intercession of the martyr St. George. His prayers were answered when the next day a rich noble came to the abbot promising to relieve their wants from his own wealth. Several monks so bitterly resented Erminold's enforcement of monastic discipline that one of them struck him with a heavy wooden beam, leaving him gravely wounded. On the eve of the Feast of the Epiphany, Erminold told those standing around his sickbed, Tomorrow, during the solemnities of the Greater Mass, when the choir sing glory to God in the highest, I shall depart from this world. His prediction was proved true, and the next day he died, just as the Gloria was being sung at Mass. He died January 6th, 1121. St. Erminold, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. When they, heard, when they had heard the king, they went their way, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it cast, till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine said, 
After the miraculous virgin birth, a godman, having by divine power proceeded from a virgin womb, in the obscure shelter of such a cradle, a narrow stall wherein lie infinite majesty and a body more narrow, a god was suckled and suffered the wrapping of vile rags. Amidst all this, on a sudden new star shone in the sky upon the earth, and driving away the darkness of the world, changed night into day, that the day star should not be hidden by the night. Close quote, St. Augustine, pray for us. I, literally, there could be hours and hours of programming today to just talk about the Feast of the Epiphany. I mean, there's so much to unpack in these verses, and we are not even going to scratch the surface, but we're going to do some anyway, this hour and in the next. Well, there's always a second hour of Catholic Drive Time for those that are able to join us. We would love to have you. There'll be more then. But Haydock's commentary is very good, diving into some of the details, which I love, actually. Uh, Ignatius' Catholic uh, commentary is usually really good at that, but Haydock today was talking about uh, the wise men, the characters, who these people are. He says, both the Latin and Greek texts may signify wise philosophers and astronomers, which is the common exposition. The same word is also many times taken from a magician or soothsayer, as it applied to Simon, for instance, in Acts 8, or Elamas in Acts 13. Some ancient interpreters think that these very men might have been magicians before their conversion. Some say from Arabia, others from Chaldea, others from Persia. Divers interpreters speak of them as if they had been kings, princes, or lords of some small territory. St. Leo the Great said in his sermon on the Epiphany, he speaks of them as if they had been three, perhaps on the account of their threefold offerings. There's further debate, as I have found and the early church fathers about the names of these three people, uh, or however many there might have been. Uh, there is less uh, authority on that particular subject. The king himself, King Herod, the great, as he is dubbed, uh, was a foreigner, wasn't a Jew. He was a foreigner, but a proselyte to the Jewish religion. And I really particularly loved that sentence, that brief little passing that he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Might it be that he was a tyrant, and when he was agitated, boy, people feared for their life? Golly gee whiz. You know, there is so much more that can be, we can talk about. I loved when St. Leo talked about the promise given to Abraham and to his seed, the King of kings and the Lord of lords for all the world, not just the Jews, the Israelites, but for us Gentiles too. I'll maybe share that quote with you next hour. But coming up after this very short break, what's concerning us and my interview with Ken Paxton, Attorney General of Texas. It's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions and they will continue to do it, and suddenly, someday, they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton. 
www.thepeopleshow.org. Hello, I am Josefa Barrios Onsures, Business and Operations Assistant for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Come, let us adore Him. May the light that came into the world in Bethlehem bring you joy and peace this Christmas and throughout the new year. May God bless you. Oh, little be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation about a lot of different things. The upcoming midterms, the potential stacking of the Supreme Court, uh, the the nuclear option, the filibuster is at stake. Of course, the January 6th Remembrance Day. Is it an insurrection? Is it a rally? Uh, we're going to talk more about that here in a moment, too. But Josh Mercer, Communications Director at CatholicVote.org, is going to be our guest at 35 past the hour, so stick around for that. But there are, as I say, a few stories that are of great concern to me, for sure. Um, one year ago today, January the 6th, uh, Catholic Drive Time was pretty new in those days. And uh, there was this big rally. You know, Trump called for a big rally on Capitol Hill. We really thought that uh, Ted Cruz and others were going to stand up and, and they were going to have a debate prior to the counting of, uh, of the vote in Congress that would settle the issue. And uh, we thought, well, finally, all of the talk about voter fraud and all these other things, that there would be a case laid out. We would hear the specific details for the case. That's what we thought was going to happen. But there was a grave concern as to whether or not there would be violence. Antifa was mentioned. I mean, there was a lot of things going on. You remember? I mean, how bizarre life kind of felt in those days. We had an entire year through 2020 with riots, cities burning down, and nobody being held accountable, uh, accountable for that. Kamala Harris herself uh, led away to raise funds to help release rioters who had burned down some of those cities. Um, the George Floyd case, the, uh, the, the various shootings that happened, and many other things that were going down in addition to the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything else. So it was a very, very uh, sort of otherworldly kind of time. And then this big rally happened. And that morning, uh, the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton was there at the rally with President Donald Trump at the time. Not at the Capitol Hill, but at the rally. And he called in. And we were able to have a conversation with him. Now, that happened when we had gotten off the air. Adrian, did, did this interview, did we play this? I don't think we played this interview on no, radio or whatever. so what happened was we had done this interview during the after show. So for y'all who are on uh, watching on our social media streams, and for those who never are on our social media streams, y'all uh, miss out on our at 7.30 a.m. Central Time, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We go off air on the radio side, and we are online on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and what else. Um, but the And Ken Paxson couldn't come on earlier, so he came on. He called in from uh, D.C. into the show, and we were able to record that interview. Yeah. We were planning on playing it the next day, but after the wild uh, <laughs> everything going right. on, we yeah. decided to hold off on playing it, and then we never got around to we having it. We never actually uh, played it. Right. So this is the first time this interview is played on the radio. But before we launch, and I play that for you, it's a very short clip, by the way. Um, let me just read a couple of paragraphs, just two short paragraphs from an article out of the Associated Press. I think this kind of su- sums it up. This came out today. Trump maintains grip 
on GOP despite violent insurrection. That's the headline from the Associated Press. Here's just a tiny bit of this article. As a raging band of his supporters scaled walls, smashed windows, used flagpoles to beat police, and breached the U.S. Capitol in a bid to overturn a free and fair election, Donald Trump's excommunication from the Republican Party seemed a near certainty. His name tarnished beyond repair. Some of his closest allies, including Fox News host like Laura Ingram, warned that uh, that day that Trump was, quote, destroying, unquote, his legacy. Quote, all I can say is count me out. Enough is enough, unquote, said his friend and confidant, Senator Lindsey Graham. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader who worked closely with Trump to dramatically reshape the judiciary, later denounced him as, quote, morally responsible, unquote, for the attack. But one year later, Trump is hardly a leader in exile. Instead, he is the undisputed leader of the Republican Party and leading contender of the 2024 presidential nomination. Boy, that's a setup, isn't it? (laughs) That's from the Associated Press. Let's go ahead and run the interview we had, the phone call we had with Ken Paxton. Uh, It was one year ago today. He was standing in the crowd waiting for President Donald Trump to give his remarks there on that very day. Go ahead. What can we expect today in Washington, D.C.? So, you know, I think people are here because they want to stand with President Trump to say, hey, we we support what, what you've done in the last four years. Second, they want, I think, they want a, a place to stand and say, hey, we don't like what happened in these elections. And we're here to we're here to, to at least have an opportunity to say something about it. And we're not going to quit. We're, we're not giving up on this just because we may have failed. We're not giving up on this. We're not giving up on this. Now, I think some of the concerns are crowd this size, you know, Antifa being in the same location, Proud Boys. We, can we expect a lot of violence here? What is the what is the, the tone? What is the feeling? What is the pace of this massive crowd there in D.C.? Look, I'm out here in the crowd right now. I'm surrounded by, I'm literally surrounded by thousands of people. It's very calm. There's no violence. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's not going to be from the people in this crowd, I don't believe. It's, uh, these are just peace-loving Americans who care about the Constitution and care about the election. What do you hope to see will result from this rally today, Ken Paxson? I don't, you know, that's a good question. I would say I think that this is just a place for the debate to continue, for people to continue to say, hey, we don't like what happened in the election. This election wasn't done the right way. Laws weren't followed. The Constitution wasn't followed. And we're not going away. We're, we're Americans, and we still believe in this country, and that's why we're, we're showing up in miserable weather and uh, you know, crowded conditions. You know, I, I truly believe there were lots of shenanigans that happened during this election, for sure. Uh, but there are many Americans who simply don't believe that. And they feel like there is no evidence of massive voter fraud, and we shouldn't be doing these things. What say you, Ken Paxton? Look, no doubt. I mean, the fact that there was fraud in election. The fact that the law wasn't followed. Uh, and, and it's the fact that we won't know most of the fraud. There was fraud that occurred with these, uh, with these mail-in ballots because they didn't do signature verification. They took away the ability to figure out whether there was fraud. So in Pennsylvania, you had almost 2.5 million mail-in ballots, and they, they didn't do signature verification for most of them, which was a violation of state law. And therefore, we'll never be able to go back and figure out whether... You know, these ballots were, were real ballots. So whether or not there was fraud, we, we know there was some fraud. 
So we, we'll, it's going to be hard for us to know how much. And the fact that the process, the law wasn't followed, is a real problem for the people that are at this filing for, for a high percentage of Americans. Because we'll never be able to know whether Joe Biden should have been president. And, you know, Joe Biden should want to know whether he should be president. I mean, he should want to know whether he legitimately won. We should all want to know that. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Or, I gave you a doctoral uh, degree there. Ken Paxton, Attorney General of the State of Texas. Congratulations. Uh, but uh, my last question for you is, 2021, if you read the headlines, it looks pretty ominous. What is your outlook for this year? You know, I, I, I'm always an optimist, and I'm always hopeful that things are going to get better. Uh, with, the, with, the, with the Biden administration coming in with their economic plan, that does not bode well for for the country, but I'm hopeful that, you know, somewhere along the way, you'll have at least a few Democratic senators who won't go along with it because it will hurt the country, and it will particularly hurt Texas. All right, Ken Paxton, live from Washington, D.C., the massive rally. All right, praise be to God. That was our conversation with Attorney General Ken Paxton from the state of Texas one year ago today. Um, very interesting to to listen to that again, considering you know, he didn't know what was coming next, and none of us did. In fact, the next day, I remember being totally caught off guard uh, and surprised at the level of of chaos that we saw. Watching that live feed, it was it was crazy. Much can be said, but let me before we get too far down the road here, uh, let me just bring this up. There's an article today. I, maybe this came out just a couple of days ago. This is over at the Epic Times. The headline says Texas audit finds over 11,000 potential non-citizens registered to vote and other problems. Now, we've seen election audits taking place in Arizona, Georgia, and I think other states as well. But considering we just had this conversation with Ken Paxson one year ago, who, uh, who said that, that there were issues that needed to be looked at. So this is from his own investigative effort here. Let me just read a little of this article to you. Uh, from the Epic Times, it says voting irregularities, including potentially thousands of votes cast by non-citizens and dead people, were reported during the first phase of the Texas Secretary of State's forensic audit of 2020 general election. But critics deemed it more of a risk limiting audit at this point. The Secretary of State's office released its finding on December the 31st. Uh, the issues found aren't enough to significantly affect 2020 election results of the four counties involved in the audit, Collin, Dallas, Harris, and Tarrant counties, which account for about 10 million people, or a third of Texas's population. So that's a key important issue there, that they did find problems, but not enough to affect the outcome, even though Texas went for Trump at any rate. But here is a summary from a, uh, uh, from a little video I watched, Facts Matter with Roman from the Epic Times, did a great little video, maybe we can link up to it on our social feeds, where he... He breaks down this whole article and the issue. And so non-citizens who are registered to vote in the state of Texas, in these four counties, uh, Collin County, 327 instances of that. In Dallas County, 1,385 non-citizens were on the voter rolls. In Harris County, 3,063 non-citizens were on the voter rolls in Harris County. In Tarrant County, 708. So Harris County is the big offender there. Uh, By the way, uh, 150 people were murdered after criminals were released from prison this past year in the in that county, in Harris County. 
Let that sink in for a moment. Also, uh, dead voters, 224,585 dead people were on the voter rolls in the state of Texas for this last election cycle. In Collin County, 4,889 deceased persons. In Dallas County, 14,926 deceased persons. Harris County, 23,914 deceased persons. And Tarrant County, 13,955 deceased persons were on the voter rolls in the state of Texas. So I find it interesting one year later after talking to Ken Paxton uh, that even in the state of Texas, who wasn't at risk of, you know, turning the election over. I mean, they had already gone for Trump at any rate. Still, they decided to do uh, uh, an audit at least a, a sort of a, a sort of an audit, because there are Republicans who want to push this even further and do a forensic audit, which has not yet been done. And then there are Democrats in the state who don't want anything to do with this. And I think we're seeing that pretty much play out in some of these other states as well. The Arizona audit was kind of a crazy story in 2021. There was a lot of back and forth going down over there, and that was in the news for quite some time. We reported on that as well. So looking back one year later, I, I kind of I keep the same. The sentiments that I said the day after one year ago in that that was a mostly peaceful rally, just like we saw CNN say these are mostly peaceful protests with burning buildings in the background. It was kind of like that in the sense that there were hundreds of thousands of people, concerned Americans, whether you agree with them or not, it's kind of neither here nor there. They were concerned Americans who rallied because they felt their voice wasn't being heard. And then there was a very, very small fraction of individuals whom we don't know quite what their backgrounds and interests were who had more nefarious interests and they leveraged the opportunity for their advantage and the insurrection got put on a put on as a title and here we are here we are we're going to talk more about this with josh mercer coming up with catholic vote after the break this is dale alquist with a chesterton christmas minute G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. During this season of celebrating the birth of our Savior, it's a good time to reflect on all of our blessings. Yes, Dave, like all of our faithful listeners who help keep Catholic Radio on the air every day. So so I'm grateful for our bishops, priests, and religious who sacrifice every single day for the salvation of souls. I appreciate being a Catholic and for the freedom we enjoy to worship in this country. And even for the little things, like that gallon of eggnog sitting in our office fridge. Ooh, is that supposed to be for everybody? Uh, yeah. Oops. Merry Merry Christmas, Christmas, GRN GRN family. family! Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's your headline news. One American News Network reports Biden issues plan targeting U.S. meat firms and efforts to alleviate inflation. 
Joe Biden attempted to tame record high meat prices with more government spending. On Monday, he met virtually with independent farmers and ranchers to lay out initiatives to reduce food prices by increasing competition within the meat industry. During the meeting, Biden said he plans to embark $1 billion in funds from the American Rescue Plan to expand processing capacity for independent meat firms. The sum includes a $275 million in capital support and $100 million towards job development and training. Additionally, Biden will also tighten rules governing product of USA meat labels, among other steps. And Newsmax reports Jelaine Maxwell to seek new trial after jurors' sexual abuse claim, says her lawyer. Jelaine Maxwell, who was convicted last week of aiding Jeffrey Epstein's sexual abuses, deserves a new trial, her lawyer said on Wednesday after a juror told media, including Reuters, that he had been a victim of sexual abuse. In a letter to U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan in Manhattan, who presided over Maxwell's trial, the lawyer, Christian Everdell, said that there were incontrovertible grounds for Maxwell to get a new trial to serve the interest of justice. Mm-hmm. He called the matter an issue of pressing importance, saying disclosures by the juror influenced the deliberations and convinced other members of the jury to convict Miss Maxwell. Epic Times reports January 6th detainee at risk of dying from lack of medical care, attorney says. A defendant being held in Virginia in connection with the January 6, 2021 breach of the U.S. Capitol is extremely ill and at risk of dying because the jail refuses to provide proper medical care and a special diet for his celiac disease, New York attorney Joseph McBride uh, alleges. They're starving the guy out, McBride told Epic Times. They have moved him six times since he's been detained. We can't send him to a facility that's not going to be able to take care of him. Christopher J. Quaglin's case is the most recent in a series of allegations that January 6th defendants have been beaten, tortured, and denied food and proper medical care while in federal custody. A group of 14 lawmakers on January 3rd sent a letter to Michael Carvajal, director of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, demanding that, quote, you use your authority to investigate this abuse, or we will use our authority to investigate your failure. McBride said the jail hasn't provided the gluten-free diet that Quaglin needs to survive and exposed him to inmates and guards with coronavirus that caused him to develop COVID-19. He was then placed in solitary confinement, McBride said. And the AP reports Russia-led alliance sending peacekeepers to Kazakhstan. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now by Zoom chat is Josh Mercer, Communications Director at CatholicVote.org. Good morning to you, Josh. Hey, good morning. Praise be to God. One year ago today, where were you? I Actually, um, we had a meeting of the Catholic Vote uh, in Chicago. We were, were planning ahead for the upcoming year and couldn't just were watching everything on, on, you know, unfold on the news and obviously very surprised by what happened and obviously also surprised by the reaction that the mainstream media had to it. Um, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of Americans are sort of like me in which, you know, I, I think there's lots of people that came to that rally that wanted to participate in the rally. They were very frustrated with what they saw as irregularities in the election. And I, I've been inside the Capitol many times before, both, you know, the work I do with Catholic vote, but just as a regular citizen, bringing my kids to go see things. And you can go inside the Capitol. It's a public building. And, you know, I think what happened with some of these people, they thought, you know, the, the cops were letting them in and they could just go inside. And 
And then things did get out of hand. And I don't know if they were outside agitators or not, I, or maybe they were just people that just, you know, lost it a little bit. And it did, did become, it did get out of hand. Um, I refused this idea that it was an insurrection. I think this idea that, you know, if as somebody said yesterday, you're talking about thousands of thousands of people who are Second Amendment advocates and, and freedom fighters, but they bring no guns to an insurrection. I mean, of course, they're right. Right. actually going in there to kill people and take it over. There were some troublemakers, though. Yes. And those troublemakers should should face justice. Um, I don't consider it a violent terrorist attack like uh, Senator Cruz said yesterday. Right. Um, I do think that they should face some justice. I don't think they should be, as, as your friend mentioned on the news there, there are some people that are kind of rotting away in jail. And, you know, I don't, is this the deep state's way of just trying to punish people? I mean, it's like they're still human beings, you know, give them the justice they deserve, but, you know, treat them with the respect. I mean, it's like it, it kind of cracks me up. Just yesterday, we hear about, uh, the Biden administration is going to have this new executive order where they're going to treat prisoners who had, who are super violent men who identify as women and they can go in and, you know, I saw that article women's prison. Right. It was like you're going to treat these people who deserve justice and they deserve penalties, of course, if they've you know punched police officers and stuff like that. I'm not trying to. Deny or how that. about the the increase in violent crime and even murder from criminals who have been released from jail this past year because of the wave of attorneys generals around the country who have gone soft on crime in Harris County in Texas alone, 150 cases of murder as a result of that. Let that sink in. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure you saw the news item this week with the, you know, the new district attorney in New York City who said he's basically not going to uh, he, he and his team are not going to prosecute a whole slew of crimes, you know, uh, you basically has to be homicide at this point, you know, for you to get prosecuted in New York City. It's it, it's horrible. And the thing is, a lot of these district attorneys, they they try to make it sound like they're they're woke, you know, or they're they care more about different people and different races. But it's not true at all. I mean, because Hispanics, blacks, it's the minorities who are going to suffer people, the they most don't want this at all. Yeah, they're going to suffer the most in those neighborhoods. That's where the violent crime happens most is in those inner city neighborhoods where minorities tend to be uh, the dominant factor, and they are going to suffer quite a bit. And it's a sad thing, which uh, brings up we have a couple of minutes before we go to break. But uh, the midterms are fast approaching this year. That's going to be a hot topic all the way till November. Uh, but I think they're going I think the the left is going to use today as an opportunity to do their best to hedge the risks that they think they're facing in November. What say you? You know, it's funny. They love January 6th because it's the one day they get to become patriots and say Republicans and conservatives <laughs> are anti-patriotic and evil, even though they riot it all during this summer of 2020. But just being honest from a handicap standpoint, okay, I, I remember hearing conservatives saying, we're going to ride Benghazi, we're going to talk about the scandal, and we're going to win because it's so horrible. And I tell them, I'm sorry, it just doesn't work that way. The American people vote on a lot of different issues. And so I would say to Democrats, you think you're going to ride January 6th to, to re-election uh, to, to help you win the, the House and Senate again? No way. People are looking at the price of gas, the price of beef, as you mentioned in the radio thing, and they're thinking about the Afghan debacle. That's when Biden's numbers just took a dive and they haven't returned. He's underwater. He's at like 35, 40% for a long time. The Democrats are on pace to lose the Senate and the House 
in a big way and they're not going to be able to use today uh, to turn it around not with inflation not with the embarrassment of the afghanistan withdrawal not with rising prices they are in a world of hurt and they have the slimmest majorities you have the slimmest majority in the senate you have 50 50 and they only need to lose five seats in the house and they lose it they are they need a miracle to turn it around and they're running out of time uh, the Build Back Better bill, I can't believe Manchin has uh, shelved that. Uh, in, no deals have been struck, and he gave into it. Uh, do you see that coming back at all in 2022? I mean, if it does, it's going to be a very trimmed-down version of what it was before. I mean, they may expand the child care tax credit again, but they will probably make sure that the pe- the parents are you know are working in order to get the credit Um, They might do some other spending as well, but I really do think if they do it, it, all the stars have have to align Mm. and they basically have to say, all right, Manchin, what are your terms? Because he's the president right now, honestly. (laughs) He's setting the agenda of the Senate. (laughs) Did you see that? Reminds me, did you see that interview clip between, uh, quote, Charlemagne the God and Kamala Harris? They're quibbling over that very statement. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're so frustrated. And it's like, and she, I mean, I, I like to tell people like, she ran for president and she quit before the first race. She's just that toxic, Kamala Harris. She's not energetic. People don't rally behind her. And I like to tell people this. The New Hampshire primary was a year ago in, in February. Joe Biden got fifth place with like 8%. What happened after that? This is before everything went totally crazy, right? Two years ago, obviously. I'm sorry. Yeah. But Pelosi and the Democrats were totally freaked that Bernie Sanders was going to be the nominee and they were going to lose everything. And so they picked up Joe Biden off the floor and carried him over the line in South Carolina. He is just this is, you know, he's totally a puppet. He, he He's he received more votes than Obama, Josh. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. How is that? Uh, it, it still begs the question. You know, it's interesting because when a year ago we were talking about the, the January 6th issue and we had people commenting on the show that, you know, when we say that there were shenanigans in the vote, they, oh, come on, you're you're just mad that he lost. And, and I think the reality is, how could you not come to these conclusions? And ultimately, well, I, I think Ken Paxson said it best in our interview with him in the last segment. He said, Biden should want to know whether or not he won fair and square. It's, every American should want to know. You want a fair and square system, irregardless of your political bent there. Well, there's no question that you want a, a clean elections and stuff like that. I think the thing is, um, there were there were some co- conservatives that that criticized the election results. I think that were you know just frustrations and and they weren't legitimate. And there's others that were. So in other words. Yeah. Hold, hold that thought, Josh. Cities. Sorry to cut you off, but we're at a break right now. We're going to be right back. We're going to have more conversation with Josh Mercer, Communications Director at CatholicVote.org. Uh, not only about the January 6th, but the midterms, the, all a bunch of other concerning issues, the filibuster, the Supreme Court, all that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift, and every gift as a surprise gift. 
We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings. But the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca wishing you a Merry Christmas from the Catholic Drive Time team. A brief meditation on Christmas. The Virgin adored him saying, O Lord, you indeed have come from heaven to earth for the salvation of men. I adore you because as God, you are my creator and as human, you are my son. Joseph adored him saying, O Lord, you have granted me such a grace. Kings and prophets wished to see you and they did not see. But to me, a sinner, you have given such a grace that I should see you. Merry Christmas and God love Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Josh Mercer is our guest, communications director at catholicvote.org. Good morning to you again, Josh. Thank you again for being on with us. Hey, good uh, morning. I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell people to sign up for The Loop, uh, our, our daily free email newsletter. We get it. Yeah, we, we love, love it. it. Yeah, praise be to God. Thanks for doing that. Um, so January 6th was definitely a big issue today, but nuking the filibuster, is that a good idea? Also, stacking the deck at the Supreme Court, what, what are your thoughts on those two issues? The thing is, if they wanted to nuke the filibuster, they should have done it within the first month or two uh, after, uh, after Biden won the election. Because the fact is, you're waiting way too long to try to do it. And by the time you actually, if you did actually nuke it, which I don't think they will, because I think Manchin and Cinema aren't, aren't going to go for it. But if you did actually finally convince those two to say yes to it, you're running out of time. I mean, you know, there's literally the amount of time that's left in the legislative year is is, is going to be dwindling. The, Harry Reid nuked the, the filibuster for judicial nominations, but he ended up doing it like in November of like 2013, uh, and so he had like a year to use it, right? And then the Republicans took the Senate back and they basically put the brakes on every judicial nomination anyway. So the thing is, is, like, if they ever got around to doing it, I don't think they will, but they would end up shooting themselves in the foot because then Republicans would take the Senate. It wouldn't matter anyway. And then if Republicans win the presidential election next time, then they'll be there with the Republican president, Republican Senate, and they'll pass legislation that's pro-gun, pro-life all throughout the entire country. So it would be it would be a foolish mistake. I don't think they're going to have the votes to do it. So are you are you, what's your take on the on the stacking of the Supreme Court? Do you think that that is something that is going to happen anytime soon? Yeah, I also think I mean again, that's why we joke he's President Manchin. I just don't <laughs> think Joe Manchin's going to go for it. I just I don't think so. I mean, the thing is Manchin is a wheeler, he's a dealer. He would he's He's much more likely to pass a, um, a different version of Build Back Better than he ever is to pass election reform that has zero support of Republicans or stacking the Supreme Court. Um, I, I just I honestly think, you know, when when President Franklin Roosevelt tried it, he was the most I mean, here's the he, I don't like FDR a lot, but the guy had absolute political talent. He was like beyond once in a generation, once in a century. I mean, he got elected four times, right? And even he couldn't pull it off with as big of a margins he had in Congress. And Joe Biden's sitting there, he's pretending like he's LBJ or FDR with these huge majorities with this ambitious agenda. And he's got a 50-50 Senate. He's got a five-seat majority in the House. You've got no 
margin for error. And they're trying to like, it, it's like having a, a, a tiny, tiny snake, not just swallow a pig, but like swallow an elephant. I mean, you can't do it. <laughs> is it possible that their love for abortion is so great that they're willing that if they don't get anything else done, they got to get this done. They've got to ensure that Roe v. Wade is not overturned. So they're willing to do to throw everything out the window to just try to accomplish that. Is that one way to look at this? Possibly, but I mean, like if they try, you know, like if Biden tries to put through some sort of executive order after Dobbs, you know, like saying we're not going to enforce this or we're not going to do this, I think the Supreme Court slaps that down anyway. So I mean, the you know, I, I just I. I know they're they're abortion obsessed, but again, Manson so far has has really been putting the brakes on a lot of their excessive agenda. I'm not trying to say he's the best thing in the world. I mean, he likes funding Planned Parenthood. He's not like with us 100 percent, but I am very happy with how he said no on a lot of these more extreme measures. Well, that's definitely a good story. I wanted to see, you know, what are some stories that you think are a silver lining going into 2022? Well, I, I mean, <clears throat> pardon me. I think I do have Omicron, by the way. So that's a, not a silver <laughs> lining for the immediate future. Uh, no, actually, to, to use that, though, I do think, um, I do think, for example, the pandemic in so many portions of the country, like the beautiful Commonwealth of Kentucky, like I live in rural Michigan, we, you know, there are people that are still suffering, of course, but the Omicron is much, much milder than other ones. Um I, you know, I do see light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of people. Unfortunately, I think people who live in blue cities, they, they've reached this sort of, you know, fervor about, you know, COVID. They're so paranoid and like they just shut down all the schools in Chicago. So if there's a silver lining, it would be that regular everyday Americans that are, you know, blue collar, you know, um, of all stripes, stand up to these teachers unions and say, no, we're not going to go for this. Um I do think there's going to be some really good, healthy pushback against some of these more extreme measures. It's going to take a while, but the first chance you get to see elections on some of these places where, you know, there's going to be great pushback. So I look forward to that. I think it's going to be a good year. You know, one thing that I I think we kind of miss and whenever we're talking about this and I we have this conversation with my roommate all the time, we have a discussion and he's very into looking at things from the political realm. And I'm just like, I, all I care about is a faith. And so we have this discussion and we go back and forth on it. And Michael Knowles tweeted this out yesterday and I thought it was hilarious because it got everyone riled up, especially people who are not Catholic and do not have a Catholic vision of the world. He tweeted, on January 6th, we remember the wise men who traveled a great distance for their leader, the true leader of us all, defying an unjust government along the way, a glorious event. And, of course, everyone had a conniption, was freaking out, like, how dare you say that, uh, not realizing we're talking about the epiphany. Uh, so looking at the uh, the epiphany in relation to January 6th and looking at the, the cultural landscape, the political landscape from a faith perspective, what can we see here? Well, I mean— you know, Andrea Bear uh, Picciotti in the National Catholic Register had an article today. We linked it in the loop, and she made a, a good point just kind of looking over um, all the different aspects. For example, religious liberty, that's a big issue, obviously, still for us today and this year. Um, that she said, there's a lot of important issues. We do have the opportunity to make some wins on these. There's the transgender mandate that, you know, trying to force Catholic hospitals to perform surgeries that go against their faith. Um, we have no president anymore 
that will back us up on this. In fact, he's doing damage on this, unfortunately. And but we do have a lot of uh, we we've we've done a lot of reforming of the courts, and the Supreme Court is not perfect, <laughs> you know, um, but it has been pretty good for religious liberty. And uh, I do look forward to to hopefully some more victories on that front, especially now that you have a six three court, or is it really a five four or five three one court? You never know what Roberts is going to do, but right. Uh, we do have, you know, that protection, that stopgap on religious freedom. So that's very important. Josh Mercer is our guest. He's communications director over at CatholicVote.org. Uh, we have a few minutes left with you. Uh, let's, let's, uh, I want to go back to the midterms again. So we have record inflation. Um, we have become energy dependent again. Uh, 200,000 arrests on our southern border. Fentanyl coming across like crazy now. Uh, crime and violence going through the roof in our major cities. Um, foreign wars are back on the agenda. The the threat of Putin invading uh, the Ukraine or, or Taiwan being invaded by communist China. I mean, it's just it it seems like a lot is a lot of pressures out there on the average American people. But my question to you is, when it comes to the midterm vote, do you think that those independents? We'll vote more conservative, but more importantly, what about liberals? Do you think liberals are starting to depart from that sort of uh, main line liberal agenda and might vote more conservative this midterm? So the biggest thing I would like to say is if you look at the election stories of the last, you know, 10 years or so, there's a constant theme. It's no. Okay. So 2010, Barack Obama midterms, Americans said no. 2012, they were frustrated that there wasn't a Republican that could really counter Obama and people stayed home. You know, 2016, 2018, 2020, 2022, I think all of these are going to be no elections. Okay. So the American people are going to be frustrated that the pandemic, they promised they voted for this guy and he would, you know, shut down the virus, not the economy, and <laughs> that it's still lingering. It's like they're going to be frustrated. There's a lot of things to be frustrated about. I think you're going to see a, a pretty loud no. Um, our focus with Catholic Vote is going to be on those, you know, Catholic uh, senators and congressmen who claim to be Catholic, yeah, but support abortion. You think about the senator from Arizona, Mark Kelly, mm -hmm. Catholic, supports abortion. The senator from Nevada, Catherine uh, Cortez Masto, claims to be Catholic, supports abortion. And you know what? I'm 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 going to be bipartisan about this because. Unfortunately, uh, Lisa Murkowski, she's a Republican, right? She's up in Alaska. She's Catholic, supports abortion. Yeah. So we're going to target her. What about those governors? That. I mean, the governor of New York, she's Catholic, supports abortion, and she's not alone. There's others. But we have yeah, just a couple exactly. minutes left. Uh, Trump is about, it looks like he's about to announce his candidacy for the 2024 election uh, to run for president again. But there's talk about Hillary Clinton running again. What are your thoughts about that? You got about a minute. Yeah, I think Trump would be ecstatic if Hillary ran again. Uh, and replace Biden on the ticket because that would probably ensure him winning again. Um, I do think Ron DeSantis is a strong candidate on the Republican side, but ultimately, if the Supreme Court gives uh, a victory for for the pro-life cause on Dobbs, that'll have been the biggest political victory on the Republican side in decades. Mm. It'll be so easy for Trump to say, I did that, and that would probably get him the nomination again. 
All so right. if we had a Trump, if we had a Trump Hillary Redux, I think he wins again. Wow. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? If it wasn't for all the suffering the people are going to have to endure in the meantime. But at any rate, uh, we're very grateful to you, Josh Mercer, Communications Director at CatholicVote.org, for being our guest today. And I would encourage everyone to sign up for The Loop. We get it here. We love it here. Go to CatholicVote.org forward slash get loop, and you'll find the way to, to join that. So Josh Mercer, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. Happy Epiphany. Happy Epiphany to you, too. That is going to do it for the first hour of uh, Catholic Drive Time Radio. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you to everybody who is able to join us, especially our friends and colleagues over at the Station of the Cross radio stations up in the Northeast. God love you and God bless you. If you want to and hang out with us, you know, for the next hour, you can do that on our website. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And you'll find the live video stream there or the links to our Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We're on Odyssey. We're streaming on LinkedIn right now. And you can chat and interact there as well. Or just listen to the live audio stream there at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We're going to have fun the next hour. But tomorrow, we're going to have another great show lined up for you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. This is Robert Dominguez, General Manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network, West Texas, and New Mexico listening areas. As we approach the most beautiful season of the year, I would like to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you that helped in some way or another keep Catholic Radio on the air. I pray that you have a very beautiful Christmas season surrounded by friends and family. And as we gather with our loved ones, may we be forever thankful. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. We are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. We are defying cold death outside by celebrating life inside. And that's why there's nothing more comfortable than a blazing fire in the middle of a blizzard, and why we bring a green tree inside and decorate it and talk of good cheer in the face of darkness and death. Tidings of comfort and joy. Because all comfort is based on discomfort. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 10 through 11, the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David a Savior has been born for you who is Messiah and Lord. 
as we celebrate this Christmas season, bring love and joy to all the people because our Savior is born. I'm David Magianis with the Guadalupe Radio Network, and I wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Happy Feast Day of the Epiphany. I mean, show of hands, how many people still have the Christmas lights up? Shining bright. Let's see them. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Praise be to God. It's still <laughs> Christmas season. Uh, it's still a witness. I know you're the annoying neighbor that, like, I get it. But guess what? God is so very good that today we get an opportunity to not only just uh, enjoy life or be about the business of whatever we're going to do today, but we get to plant the seeds in the hearts of strangers, and your Christmas lights may just do that for your neighbor. At any rate, uh, great a, a feast day for Epiphany. If you can, get to Holy Mass if you haven't done so already. But we're going to have a great conversation in this hour about some good news. Praise be to Jesus. We're going to have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then we'll play our game, Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show where prizes are given out, and you could win. And you don't even need to know the answers to win, praise be to God. But in the after show, those conversations can go anywhere. You drive that conversation. Whatever you want to talk about, that's what we discuss in the after show, which is the second half of this hour on our live video streams. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey. We're on LinkedIn. I mean, we're everywhere. You can find the links on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We wrapped up a great conversation last hour with Josh Mercer from catholicvote.org. Uh, January 6th, one year ago today, the big rally on Capitol Hill. Some call it an insurrection. Some call it a riot. Some call it a terrorist attack. Uh, what do you call it? I'd love to know. You can comment about that in our live video feeds, or we can chat about it in the after show. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Praise and yes, Merry Christmas. It's still Christmas. It is. Don't put your Christmas lights under a bushel basket. Right. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> Speaking of bushel baskets, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. And uh, and because it is the great feast of the Epiphany. Yeah. And I have to say, mm -hmm. I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm going to figure out, I'm going to find all the January 6th celebrations, and I'm going to go to all of them. All of them. All of them. Uh, hmm. It was really funny. If you're on Twitter at all, you have to follow Michael Knowles. He's hilarious. He tweeted out, the celebrations on January 6th will be wonderful, but can you imagine the blessedness of having been there when the event actually took place? And everybody in the comments were like, oh, how dare you? Uh, and he's like, <laughs> they were thinking about the riot. Dude, the epiphany. The, the epiphany, epiphany. Come on. Come, come on, man. Yeah, so it's pretty funny. I love it. It's, I love the trolling, and I love epiphany, so everything's great We're today. Yeah, so, praise, praise be to God. God. Now, uh, you know, Epiphany's big at my house, but my wife, she's big into Epiphany. Uh, the, the little three kings have been making their journey all across the house. <laughs> so the kids are going to wake up this morning, and it's going to be a fun day for them. Praise be to God. Thanks to my wife's hard work. 
But uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, Rudy. Sorry, Joe, not to cut you off. Um, there is something new here in the studio. Something so, new. Yeah. So comment below if you notice if you catch what it is. What we're talking about? Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge. Ah, I see where you're going with that. You're something speaking new. about decorations. So, so, if, so if you're watching on the live video stream, here. hopefully you've noticed the new thing, and maybe you can. We'll see who catches that. I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll see. But at any rate, we're going to pray for your intentions, dear listener. Whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever your needs are, we're praying, of course, for our country, for the world around us, for peace, and, but most importantly, for the salvation of souls. That's the primary mission of the church. So let's pray for the salvation of souls all around the world today. And the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, and the King of Kings to be Lord of our life, and that we should act like it. Amen? Praise be to God. So let's dive in, let's pray, and let's get our hour started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember... O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. Epic Times reports woman quits job to fulfill God's plan and cares for dementia patients she met while driving Uber. A mom of two who quit her full-time job to care for an elderly dementia patient she met while driving for Uber says it's been a very life-changing and rewarding experience for her. Segi, Segi, Tekletsian, sorry, it's very difficult to pronounce that name, who's 52, also goes by Jenny, emigrated from Ethiopia to Columbus, Ohio 20 years ago. She used to be a senior banker for an investment bank that drove and drove for Uber on Friday and Saturday nights to raise money for, to help an orphanage in Ethiopia, as well as to meet new people and preach the gospel. Praise God. However, almost eight months ago, Jenny quit her full-time, well-paid job to take care of 88-year-old Paul Webb in his Canal Winchester home for half her previous salary and says it's the best decision she's ever made. She says, quote, I think it's the beginning of God's plan for me, Jenny told the Epic Times. Everything I do is from my strong faith in God and I show it practically. Jenny recalls that when she met Paul at the end of February 2020, he had called for an Uber and wanted to visit a restaurant but everything was closed due to the onset of COVID-19. Hey, you guys remember that? However, she still picked him up and drove him to Verizon to fix his phone. The mother of two who lives nearby gave the elderly customer her personal phone number, saying that she could see that he was lonely and needed help. Paul called her the very next day. We went to the store to buy him milk, said Jenny. After that, I started to see him more often and built a relationship. I feel like he's my dad and doing this gives me satisfaction. Jenny, who's also studying for a doctoral degree in business, helped Paul, who was diagnosed with dementia in 2017 for over a year before quitting her job to become his full-time caregiver, prompted by his resistance to assisted living. She didn't tell her husband. Her son and daughter claimed she was crazy, and her friends disagreed, but Jenny found confirmation she needed from within. Paul held my hand and told me he didn't want to go to assisted living, she explained. Jenny asked Paul's children only to pay her half of what she used to get paid, and she would commit to staying with Paul each day. As they'd built a strong bond by that time, Paul was very happy for Jenny to be his caregiver. 
Paul was officially diagnosed with dementia in 2017 after a stroke. Heath, Paul's son, a guitar teacher from Grove City and a pastor at a home church alongside his wife, says his father was pretty independent until roughly two years ago, at which point Keith and his sister struggled to provide the care he needed. Jenny's appearance and her consistency were an answer to his prayers. He marveled, I would like readers to know in an age of hopelessness and a culture of hopelessness that God is faithful, his creation is his responsibility, and everything is possible with God. For Jenny, caring for Paul is very rewarding, and she says, it's my obedience to God. I feel like I'm doing this for my father since I had no chance to take care of my dad before he passed away in 2003. Jenny said, I'm happy when I see Paul happy and safe. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Erminold. He was born a child in the native of the German region of Swabia. He was sent to the monastery of Hirschaua to be educated there. He subsequently became a monk and in 1117 was appointed the abbot of the monastery, proofing. A great friend of the poor, Erminold, emptied all the storehouses of the monastery to feed the needy during a famine. When at length nothing was left to feed, his monks, Erminold, begged God to intervene and invoked the intercession of the martyr St. George. His prayers were answered when the next day a rich nobleman came to the abbot, promising to relieve their wants from his own wealth. Several monks so bitterly resented Erminold's enforcement of monastic discipline that one of them struck him with a heavy wooden beam, leaving him gravely wounded. On the eve of the Feast of the Epiphany, Erminold told those standing around his sickbed, Tomorrow, during the solemnities of the Greater Mass, with the choir singing glory to God in the highest, I shall depart from this world. His prediction was proved true the next day when he died just as the Gloria was being sung at Mass. He died January 6, 1121. St. Erminold, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently, dil diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they went their way, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, Opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The Gospel 
of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Leo the Great said, Christ himself, the expectation of the nations, the innumerable posterity once promised to the most blessed patriarch Abraham, but to be born not after the flesh but by the Spirit, therefore likened to the stars for multitude, that from the Father of all nations not an earthly but an heavenly progeny might be looked for. Thus the heirs of that promised posterity, marked out in the stars, are roused to the faith by the rise of a new star. And where the heavens had been at first called into witness, the aid of heaven is continued. Close quote, St. Leo, pray for us. Now, I love this because if you read it carefully, you'll see it talks about that promise given to Abraham through Sarah that the King of kings and the Lord of lords would come to bring peace to the whole world. And these pagans, these Gentiles that come from their, from their far-off lands to follow this star and worship God incarnate, taken upon flesh. So first the pagans and the shepherds, the lowest in society, all recognize who he is. Maybe it's our turn to recognize him too. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, uh, I'm going to read a little bit of uh, parts of uh, St. Vincent Ferrer's sermon for the Epiphany. I'm going to probably read the whole thing and post it to my YouTube channel. But here, I mean, this is a beautiful, St. Vincent Ferrer is an amazing, amazing saint. He says, O betrayer, enemy of the church, wicked Herod, why do you fear the, the, the Christ to come? He who rules the celestial kingdom does not seize a mortal kingdom. Thus the holy king sought him discreetly and with great diligence. And here he's referring to the fact that he breaks down this passage of the, uh, of the epiphany and says that there are four main points that we should draw from the, uh, the example of the kings. First, how they prepared themselves diligently. And he says in the same manner that we should be preparing ourselves diligently when we approach our Lord. Uh, whenever we approach him sacramentally, of course, but approach him in every moment of our lives. Second, how they went forth courageously, how they went out of, like, they had no idea. They didn't have a map. They were following a star in the sky. They went out and they had courage and faith in Christ and they in the God, and they followed that star. Third, how they sought him persistently. They showed up to the wrong place at first. They go to Herod's kingdom. They're like, whoops, we're in the wrong place. And they have to actually figure out and keep going forward. And fourth, how they adored him profoundly. And from the fourth point, the falling down, they adored him. And, and that's the, the four main points that St. Vincent Ferrer wants the people to come. And he says, from the example of the kings, we ought to offer the gold of our conversion. Such a person can say with David, I have loved your commandments above gold and topaz, which is a precious stone. Therefore, was I directed to all your commandments, I have hated all wicked ways. If you love God, you will keep his commandments. And if you love God, you will hate what is wicked. So praise be to God. If you want to check out the entirety of this sermon, I'm going to probably read it today on my YouTube channel. I just look up Adrian Fonseca. Yes. Or no, Catholic Conversation. That's what it is. Catholic there Conversation. Uh, we'll link to it in the email that we blast out tomorrow to our CDT insiders. If you want to get on the email list, we have goodies that we give away every single week. Uh, you can do that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. 
All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have uh, an opportunity to give out prizes to you, the listener. So maybe you can be our guest and our caller at uh, 877-757-9424. That phone line is available to you right now. The first caller gets to be the contestant, 877-757-9424. It's super easy. It's super fun. And uh, we want you to call right now, 877-757-9424. 24. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Fear and Trimble is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. Praise be to God. Uh, but the phone lines are open. They are available. 877-757-9424. If you've never played our game, call now. You can be our first caller and be our contestant. 877-757-9424. If it's been a while since you've played, you can try again. 877-757-9424 is that phone number. 877-757-9424. But there are, as I say, several things that... Uh, I don't tell anybody. This is my secret and hidden agenda. 
So you have to keep this just between us. If you'll agree to that, then I will tell you. Number one, I like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. I mean, who doesn't love to learn new things about the Catholic faith? Number two, we like to laugh. We like to have a good time, a tease or two. And our contestants tend to be really good sports. They tend to laugh with us, and we enjoy that probably most of all. And, of course, we give out prizes, which means... This is a winner for everybody involved. I mean, uh, giving out prizes ensures that we have just enough motivation to get people to risk that phone call. But guess what? Here's the kicker, right? If you're just new here, this is the real secret sauce. We don't ask our callers the questions. So they don't even need to know the right answers. They could not know a single correct answer and still win. That's how cool this game is. And the reason why is because instead of asking them, I ask Rudy and I ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Well, our game show sponsor this week is Catholic Printing Press. And, Joe, they don't make them like they used to. You ever crack open an old missile or an old book and you find an, you know, a really beautiful heirloom prayer card in there? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, those are really, really cool. So make a statement, whether writing a letter, collecting heirloom holy cards, or giving a gift. They aim to provide you with something unique. They have generously sponsored our game show this week with some beautiful heirloom quality holy cards. They're also handmade in the USA, which is awesome. So get your prayer life kick-started in 2022 with some amazing holy cards. You can visit their website at catholicprintingpress.com or on Instagram at catholicprintingpress. Praise be to God. Thank you, Catholic Printing Press, for being a generous game show sponsor. We're very grateful to you, but let's go to the phones. Teresa, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Merry Christmas and uh, happy Epiphany to you. Yes, yes, likewise. Do you still have your Christmas lights on? I'm just curious. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> are, are your neighbors like, like, what is with the crazy lady with her lights on? It's like, you know, right. 12 days past Christmas already. <laughs> yes. That's Nobody all... else in the neighborhood has them on. That's all right. <laughs> Leading like a boss. Amazing. I love that. Praise be to God. All right. And where are you from, Teresa? San Antonio. San Antonio, my uh, my hometown. Uh, where do you go to church? Uh, St. Anthony Mary Claret. Ooh, it's been a long time since I've been out there. Praise be to God. Now, you, yes. you're familiar with the game show, right? This is our first San Antonio player for the year, by the way. Congratulations. We yeah. haven't had okay. one in a whole year. <laughs> it's been since 2021 <laughs> since we've had a San Antonio call. Uh, so uh, you're familiar with the game, right, Damien? You know how the rules work. Yes. Okay, let me just tell you, Rudy is very tricky. Okay, just between us. That's not me. Uh, I, however, am on your side. I blame so, Joe. So let's see. Let's see if we can't get you in the cup and ready to play the game, Teresa. Okay. Here we go. Rudy, we'll start with you first. Are you ready? I'm so ready, Joe. Are you sure? I was. I woke up just for this. <laughs> are, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. Rudy, can you tell me? What, do, what does the priest do during the, the lavabo in the Mass? Oh, God. What does the priest do during the lavabo in the Mass? Well, uh, lavabo kind of in Spanish sounds like washing, so I'm going to go with washing his hands. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, kind of also sounds like the word lavatory, too. Mm, it's true. Interesting. 
Okay, let's go with uh, Adrian over here. Adrian, can you tell me, what does the priest do during the lavabo in the mass? Uh, what does the priest do during the lavabo in the mass? Huh. I know I'm going to go with the priest then offers the sacrifice. He raises up, you know, whenever he... So that's what he's doing? Sacrifice. Okay, that's his action. Huh? Wow, tricky question right out of the gate, Teresa. <laughs> this is a little brutal, but Adrian seems to think the lavabo means he's he's holding up the, the, the species after that. So he's going about the business of consecration. Whereas Rudy seems to think the lavabo means he's washing his hands. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Teresa, what say you? I'm going to go with Rudy. Are you, sh are you sure? <laughs> yeah, see, Joe's a tricky one. No, I just wanted to. You, you didn't sound totally confident. I Joe wanted just to, sows a little bit I of doubt to, there. No, at the end. no, just tiny bit. I was just trying to set the cook and make sure you were confident that, of course, Rudy was bright. <laughs> yes, lavabo means he's, he's. Remember that that right before consecration, the priest washes his hands. It's a very beautiful Whoa. component of the holy mass. So congratulations, you are in the cup. You could win now. Praise be to God. Let's see if we can't double your chances, though. We're gonna go to uh, Adrian with this question. Adrian, can you tell me who was the second and greatest king of the Israelites? The second and greatest king of the Israelites. So we're talking about ancient Jewish kings, not sure. not mm -hmm. not ones right now. Okay. 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 Uh, that would be that would be King David. King David. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. A man after God's own heart. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. All right. Let's just see what uh, Rudy has to say. Rudy, can you tell me who was the second and greatest king of the Israelites? Uh, hmm, the second king, greatest king of the Israelites. I'm going to go with uh, King Nicodemus. Nicodemus? Yeah. Huh. Fascinating. Fascinating. Nicodemus. Nicao de Amos. Yep. Mm hmm. Okay. I'm going to say Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Not to be confused with Cacao Demas. Two different people. Yep. Are they cousins? No. Okay. Uh, here's the deal, uh, Teresa. Uh, the question is, who was the second king of Israel, right? Uh, second and greatest. Second and greatest. Uh, Adrian says it's King David, uh, but Rudy says it's Nicodemus. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Teresa, what say you? I'm going to go with Adrian. Very wow, confident that, that time. Was, Are what? you sure? She, I think she gets she gets two two bells for that one. That was, that was good. <laughs> I mean, Nicodemus, come now. That's John chapter three, Rudy. Good grief, ancient Israel. Well, yeah, there you go. Praise God. I like King David. He's my favorite of all the Israelite kings. Uh, all right. Congratulations. You're in for two. Praise be to Jesus. You, your chances are looking really good at this point, Teresa. Uh, but I think we might be able to double or triple your chances with this third question. Are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? I am, yes. <laughs> okay, good. Praise God. I'm glad. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Rudy again for this third one. Rudy, can you tell me? Tell me. How many feasts of the cross are celebrated in the liturgical calendar? Well, the church... Who picked the questions today? <laughs> Good grief. Let's start with the questions. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the church in her wisdom has given five to commemorate the five, five. wounds of Christ. 
There are five, five feasts to celebrate feasts. the cross. Yep. Five. To commemorate the five wounds of Christ. Not four, five. That's your Not answer. four point five. That's your final answer. Five. There okay. you go. Adrian, I'm going to get a second opinion here. Can you tell me how many feasts of the cross are celebrated in the liturgical calendar? Mm, yes. So this is a very tricky question. And, you know, whenever we I got the one on the Blessed Virgin Mary wrong. But, you know, this one, I'm going to go with just two. There, have only, there are only two mm. feasts of the cross celebrated in the liturgical calendar. Wow. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, Holy Cross. this feels like the trickiest question out of all three. I think so too. Adrian Teresa says there's only two, but uh, Brother Rudy <laughs> says there's five. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Teresa, what say you? I know. I can feel your pain. <laughs> I can feel your pain. Just I, one little hint. Rudy is from California. <laughs> what? Let, let that sink in. Back in California, we have five. <laughs> At least Adrian's closer <laughs> to San Antonio? I don't know. What? Well, okay, I need an answer. Is it Rudy or is it Adrian? Right. Adrian? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that didn't sound confident at all. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that only gets one bell. That only gets one bell. That is Adrian? I think that's the appropriate way to, to claim Adrian is correct. Is Ouch. A- a- Adrian? I, I don't. Great. It's, it, I need. I need more confidence in the name. Oh, well done, Teresa. Those were Amazing. tricky questions today. You did a fantastic job. Praise be to God. You're in for three. You could win. God is so very good, Teresa. Thank you for playing our game and for being such a good sport. Thank you. God love you. We're going to put you on hold. If it be uh, God's will for your name to come out of that cup, you're going to have to tune in on Friday to be sure. But. Uh, Have a great day, Teresa, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing today. We're going to be praying for you, of course. And all of you listening to us, thank you for joining us today on Cavic Drive Time. It's been a lot of fun. We had a great conversation in the first hour. But we're going to continue our conversation in the after show, which is a live video stream on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, We're also on uh, LinkedIn, Odyssey. So you can find all those links on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Don't forget to pick up your car raffle tickets. You might win a Mercedes. Go to our website for the details and buy your tickets there. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the Memorial of St. Andre Bisset. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, 
Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, friend of the lowly, who gave your servant, St. Andre Bessette, a great devotion to St. Joseph and a special commitment to the poor and afflicted. Help us through his intercession to follow his example of prayer and love, and so come to share with him in your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, we love God because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For whoever does not love a brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This is a commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Everyone who believes that Jesus is a Christ is begotten by God, and everyone who loves a father loves also the one begotten by him. In this way, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for whoever is begotten by God conquers the world and the victory that conquers the world is our faith. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. From fraud and violence he shall redeem them, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. May they be prayed for continually, day by day shall they bless him. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. May his name be blessed forever, as long as the Son his name shall remain. 
In him shall all the tribes of the earth be blessed. All the nations shall proclaim his happiness. Lord, Lord every, every nation, nation on earth will adore you. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. The Lord has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor and to proclaim liberty to captives. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to, to you, o Lord. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth where he had grown up and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. In some parts of the world, they celebrate Epiphany on this day, January 6th. Of course, here in the United States, we celebrate it on the Sunday, somewhere around January 6th, because we find that of its importance in uh, the liturgical year, that manifestation of God, or the manifestation particularly of Jesus Christ. In the Gospel today, Jesus goes to his home place, his home synagogue, and he announces that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him because he, God has anointed him to bring glad tidings to the poor. Not only did everyone in the other synagogues where Jesus went be praised him, but here particularly, when he says, Today the scripture passages fulfilled in your hearing, all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. In a way, we hear Jesus' homily. <laughs> I wish my homilies were, were as gracious as his, uh, trying to get that way, but to hear, to be in the presence of Jesus when he preached that word must have been something absolutely astounding. I think we're also reminded, as Vatican II reminded us, that when the word of God is spoken, proclaimed really, in the sacred liturgy, particularly the gospel, it is Jesus himself who speaks to us. Jesus is present in his word, just as he's present in a special way in the Eucharistic uh, sacrifice. He is present in the people who are gathered. He is present, though, in his word, so that when the gospel is read, uh, it is Jesus himself who's speaking to us. And if we listen very deeply in our hearts, maybe we don't get much out of the homily. It reminds me, sometimes I go in and ask, you know, what was last Sunday's gospel? 
and people can kind of give me an idea sometimes, an idea, a word or some kind of image that they remember. If I were to ask them what the last Sunday's homily was, I think I'd get a lot of blank stares because they probably don't remember. But nonetheless, that word, because it can penetrate our hearts, because it's living and effective, Jesus speaking to us, we can hear those gracious words in our hearts. Yes, sometimes it will challenge us. It should challenge us. Sometimes it will console us deeply. Sometimes it will bring us to repentance. But always it will have a deep impact in our life. I think that turns us to that first reading. Well, if John could tell us one more time that God is love and that we should love, <laughs> you know, then uh, he, he need not write another letter because he keeps telling us over and over and over. But he says something very important at the beginning and the end of this reading. Beloved, we love God because he first loved us. That is the foundation of our life, that God has first loved us. The way we come to know love is because he first loved us. So it doesn't, the, the source of love is not us. It doesn't start with us. It starts with God. And we recognize the depth of God's love for us. And that becomes a foundation of our lives. And we become some, something like St. Paul, where and he said, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. The power and the strength that St. Paul had, the energy that he had, the, uh, the courage that he found was not something that originated with him. It was the founded on the fact that he knew that he was infinitely loved by God. And we are, have access to the same strength, the same confidence in God. He says, if anyone loves his brother, he says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. And he goes on to say, this is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must love, also love his brother. If we were to measure how much we love God, St. John is saying, that we simply need to see how well do we love our neighbor our brother, our sister. I mean, we live in community life here, and you know, sometimes it's, it's, very, it's very easy to be agitated, annoyed by somebody else. You know, and it's through that process sometimes of, of uh, a rough sort of sandpaper of, of rubbing against each other that we learn how to love somebody else with all of their quirkiness and all their difference and so on and so forth, and we learn to love them. Such that it reminds me, you know, when we give gifts to people, especially if we've given gifts during this Christmas time, we might at first tend to give a gift that it's something that we like that we want to give them, to share with them. But eventually, as we really learn to love the other, to will the good of the other as other, then we may even give them something that we find repugnant, <laughs> that we don't like, a particular kind of music, a particular theme or something that they like, that really did means absolutely nothing to us, but we give it to them because we know that it would they would really appreciate it, and that's where that love as loving, willing the good of the other as other, really begins to shine. So how well do we love one another? That's the measure, and it has to be the measure of Jesus, the very love with which Jesus loves them. We learn and uh, interiorize in our own hearts so that we can love our neighbor, not only as ourselves but as Christ has loved them, and as Christ has loved us. That's the key. That is the key in this a time of epiphany. Love has come down. Love has manifested itself in Jesus Christ. It has become visible so that we can love the invisible God in the visible brother and sister that is before us. How difficult that is each day. But there it is. And St. John says, and his commandments are not burdensome. I think one, somebody once said, said, where there is love, there is no labor. 
when we love, it is not it is not difficult for us. It is not burdensome to keep this commandment, to love our neighbor as Christ has loved them. It becomes quite easy, but that grace has to transform our hearts. May the gracious words of God, of Jesus Christ, of his love for us, his tender care and concern for us, and transform our hearts to be able to love our neighbor as Christ has loved them, that we can keep this very commandment. Whoever loves God must also love his brother, and that that commandment is not burdensome, but very easy. Amen. Let us praise the word of God, for he has come to cast our sins away. And strengthened by this knowledge and the love that we have received from him, we now turn to offer our prayers. Jesus, as the eternal high priest, entered the world and established the fullest expression of devotion. Let us pray through the church that all men and women share in this sacred liturgy. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Jesus is the physician of our bodies and spirits. And he came to visit all who were sick. May his healing and strength be poured out on all who are ill. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Jesus is a source of joy for all at his birth. He gives hope to those in torment and to those who are in sin, that they may be able to rejoice in him. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Our mighty King, you cut the bonds of our former slavery Release those who are captives and show your care for those in prison. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. You, Jesus, are the door leading into heaven. Let the dead pass through that door into the heavenly kingdom, which you have prepared from the foundation of the world. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for all the gifts that you give to us. We bring our petitions before you, confident that you hear and answer us through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we traverse afar field and fountain moor and mountain following yonder star Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, Gold I bring to crown him again, King forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Pray, dearly beloved, 
that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Receive our oblation, O Lord, by which is brought about a glorious exchange, that by offering what you have given, we may merit to receive your very self through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For today you have revealed the mystery of our salvation in Christ as a light for the nations. And when he appeared in our mortal nature, you made us new by the glory of his immortal nature. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celia terra, Gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise, for through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, 
Save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Andre Bisset, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth. With your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, Father who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer to the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata modi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata modi, on you stay. Quitolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that all who believe in him may not perish, but have eternal life. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by Yet in thy dark streets shineth The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years Are met in thee tonight for Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wandering love. O morning stars together, Proclaim the holy birth, and praises sing to God the King, and peace to men on earth. How silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given, so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven no ear may hear his coming but in this world of sin where meek souls will receive him still the dear christ enters in let us pray Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that by the power of these holy mysteries, our life may be constantly sustained through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Songs of thankfulness.
the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Catholic Connection is a